Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Best of Body podcast. I'm Elle, and I am one of your hosts. And today I have Jules with me. Well, as always, I have Jules with me. How are you doing, Jules? Hi, everybody. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm getting settled back into Chicago right before the craziness of some travel and the holidays. So I've taken a moment to breathe and kind of collect myself. So (laughs) yeah, I feel like it's been a little bit since we did our last podcast. But in reality, it hasn't been that long. It has not. And now is the time where we get a lot of the craziness from our clients and just in general, lots of questions about hey, how the heck do I survive the holidays? So that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. But real quick, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping for some of our program updates that we have for you all so you don't miss them as we head into the new year. So it being November means that, and I told Jules this before, and she disagreed. She told me that that Thursday was the Friday of the year. And I think it's the Thursday of the year. We got December. That's Friday. That's like, oh my God, the weekend is almost here. So we are almost at 2020. And that means that this time should be used for preparing yourself for the goals that you're going to set for 2020. So don't be one of those people that waits until January 1st and you flip your whole life upside down and you do things totally differently. Now is the time to be preparing yourself for the things that you're going to be accomplishing next year. So right now, we have a lot of people inquiring about prep services. We do have prep openings for the 2020 season, uh, as well as openings for our Looks Like a Competitor program, which is a program designed for anybody who has the drive and determination of a competitor but they don't necessarily have the goal of stepping on stage. So we've got a bunch of different options, but uh, these are some of our biggest beginning of the year programs and goals that we hear about. So we have designed these programs for you all. Do you have anything that you want to add to the programs, Jules? Yeah, I just wanted to embellish a little bit on the looks like a competitor program. We started this about two years ago because many people were inquiring as to how they could make a significant impact on the hard work they're doing in the gym and with their nutrition, yet often they felt like they just weren't getting the results they wanted, yet they wanted to have the significant changes that competitors get, but the stage wasn't a reward for them. So this program actually took off when we started it right off the bat because people were very energized by it. You get the support that you would as if you were competing and you learn so much about how nutrition and training interact and work together to change your body in ways that you were waiting for, that you were just excited about to see and that realize that you could do. So I do really love it because we delve into so many things on a higher level than on our basic training program. And anyway, I just wanted to embellish on that. It's great for all fitness levels, but it is really ideal for the person who may be intermediate to advanced in their fitness. We have had a lot of people who cross over from other sports, such as CrossFit, and just want to give the bodybuilding training approach a try to see the effect. And it's been very exciting and profound. The changes are amazing for the people that have switched over from the CrossFit style training to the bodybuilding style. And it's absolutely nothing against CrossFit. 
it's just the focus on some of those moves versus some of the moves that we do to actually really sculpt and change the specific parts of the body that people come saying, listen, I want my glutes to look like this and I want my legs to be a little more streamlined. It's the training, but it's also the nutrition. So Jules is the one who runs these looks like a competitor programs and the results are phenomenal. So if you're interested at all and you say, hey, I've got the determination and the drive for the higher level program, this one is for you. The stage does not have to be a goal. It is a goal for a lot of people, but there's plenty more that have no desire. So we've set this up for you all. So every single person has an option to work with us. Yes. That is one that often people really decide that because it's a 12-week program that when do they want to start it? And this kind of leads us into talking about the topic today about making your way through the holiday season when you have big fitness goals, such as a competition prep. Right. Or, or even just someone that has goals and is serious about their fitness, because all of these guidelines that we're going to go through are going to apply to anybody who just really wants to continue making progress through the holidays. A lot of people say, oh, the holidays are coming. I know I'm going to gain weight. I know this is going to happen, but it doesn't have to be that way. And if you're fine with that, if you use the holidays as a time to set yourself free from whatever restriction you were putting yourself through, that's fine, but it's not sustainable. And there are so many other ways that you can make progress through your fitness journey through the months of November and December. And you don't have to wait for January. And then you don't have to scramble like, oh my goodness, spring break's coming. Oh my goodness, when am I going to start my program? Man, I'm not where I wanted to be this summer like I thought I was going to be. And it just seems like that cycle repeats over and over again. And those are the types of things that we hear a lot that we go in and out of phases of sticking to a plan. And then there are certain times of the year where you just kind of give up and you're not motivated. And then it's, it's again, that, oh, shoot, I'm not in shape like I wanted to be. So we've got a couple of things today that hopefully will help you at least make some decisions about the holidays. This is not telling you exactly what you need to do, but it is a way for you to evaluate where you're at, what your goals are, and what steps to take to get there. Exactly. I try to prepare people when they first embark on a fully comprehensive approach to changing their nutrition and fitness that, you know, usually there's quite a few things that have to change. You know, for some people, there's a ton and there's a big learning curve. And for other people, it may be less of a learning curve and maybe a little less ramp up time. But generally, I'm going to say there's usually about a six to eight week period of time where the momentum has to really pick up before the work that you're doing is going to really showcase itself. So utilizing this time of the year to build that momentum, even if, you know, we've got the holidays and we're going to talk about how to get through things with some consistency. But even if things are far from perfect, because you are just getting that, it's like pushing that big rock up the hill to get over the hump. You're going to be pushing that big rock over the hill so that when that January 1st comes, yeah, life is good and you're just already on the roll. So you are ahead of the game if you start thinking about these things now and and learn how to process it. So hopefully today listening to this podcast is going to give you some thought, some insight maybe into how you can use this valuable time because yeah, we still have if we go by that, you know, November the Thursday of the year, however you were trying to explain that, then we still have a good chunk of the year to use every day and every activity and action. Yeah, December is Friday. 
November. November's Friday. Friday. Oh, it's only a, it's only a five day week. <laughs> no, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday is like the transition. The whole weekend oh. is like, yeah, there we go. See? That's right. Cause the weekends always seem to pass so fast. So, right. So it's literally 24 hours. And there you go. It's over. So yeah, it's when the clock strikes midnight on the 31st. So the first thing I think that we should talk about is let's talk about training. Let's talk about workouts. Let's get that out the way. Because I know one of the biggest focuses and struggles that people have is on food. So in regards to your training program, most of you listening do have some sort of structured training program that you follow pretty much week to week and you're working on progression. But for those of you who have not created a program yet, or a structure at the amount of times that you're going into the gym, it's really important that you do set realistic expectations for yourself. If you think that you'll get into the gym six days a week, but your schedule truthfully only allows you three times, scale it back and get into the gym those three times. The hardest thing I think for people when it comes to sticking to a routine is overestimating the amount of times that are realistic and then getting down on themselves for not being able to everything. So if you're able to really sit down, be honest with yourself about how many days you can actually get to the gym, how much time realistically, yet again, you can spend in the gym, you'll be more likely to feel that sense of reward and accomplishment if you set yourself up for three days in the gym and you hit it week after week after week. And that's a time where you can say, okay, you know what? I've really managed this. I feel good about it. I'm craving the gym now you'll be able to get into the gym that fourth day or maybe eventually that fifth day. And with the holidays and the craziness, Thanksgiving's coming up in the United States. And we have a lot of things that a lot of people are doing. Schedules are busy. So if you're able to just set that routine, you will miss workouts every once in a while. But if you're not down on yourself and you set that realistic expectation, you should be able to feel pretty good going into the new year. Yeah, I have a couple of things to add here with a little bit of a couple of things to think about when you're going with your approach to your gym sessions. And Elle touched upon it about having a plan. I am a firm believer in every time that you go to the gym, you have a plan. So you know, is this going to be a cardio day? And if it is a cardio day, how are you going to do the cardio? If it is a lifting day, what are you going to specifically do? If it is a yoga day, what kind of yoga are you going to do? You know, so you kind of know what you're heading into if you're going to take a kickboxing class. So that it is, it is a plan. But one of the things that I try to encourage you, and I know it's kind of hard, but I would love for you to think about your time in the gym as not just a reason to burn the calories off for what you ate. We have to talk all about that, though. Sorry to interrupt you, but that is such an important topic. Yeah, that could be a topic all by itself. But this goes into and we'll talk a little bit about sort of mindset later on. But this is really, I think, very important that if you look at your training as having a purpose separate from just burning calories, and you can still have weight loss as your goal. But don't try to equate, well, oh, look, I did, you know, I, I ran on the treadmill for 30 minutes, and I burned 250 calories. That is not permission for you to go and, you know, consume 250 calories more. I think you look at what the training is supposed to do to help you with your fitness parameters, rather than it is one of these, um, I'm going to go burn calories so I can eat or I ate so I can burn calories or I should burn calories. Because I think we fall into that kind of slippery slope that exercise becomes punishment and then food becomes reward. And so if we look at those two things separately, 
spend some time thinking about it because it really can be a game changer for many people when they start to separate those two. People will often ask, I don't really get you know, this whole thing. And I don't get why my body, you know, I'm going to the gym and yet my body doesn't look the same. So then we delve into how are you using your nutrition? And we're going to go into the nutrition a little bit, but to have a plan for your training and have it be very, very focused in on what are you going to accomplish in the gym? Then when you walk out and you feel that sense of accomplishment on that task, it doesn't seem to kind of feed into this perpetual struggle of, oh, I didn't get to the gym. I feel guilty. If you know me, you know I feel like constantly telling people, no guilt, no guilt. This is a purpose. This is choice. This is mindfulness. Guilt is not typically a beneficial feeling. I don't know in any situation where guilt is a positive thing. Pepper, you're going to break one of the Ten Commandments. That's how I say it. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe in terms of you will not do it again and it's a learning process feeling guilt, but a lot of times guilt just brings you negative emotions and just makes you feel bad about yourself. And so if you are someone who does feel guilty about the food that you're eating and using exercise to punish yourself or try to make up for the food that you've eaten, that is a vicious cycle. And that's often when it leads to the restriction of the food, the over-exercising, and then your body physiologically needing more food, therefore you eat again. And then the cycle is, is just rough. So the guilt aspect is, is really important that you talk about. And it's not just food guilt, it's exercise guilt too. Exercise guilt. And then also just a sideline, this is the time of the year, especially with the social events, colds and flu season starts to hit. And if you are not feeling well, do not feel guilty again, that guilt about missing a training. Missing a training because you are under the weather is one of the smartest things that you can do with respect for taking care of yourself, but also taking care of the environment around you, you know, making sure other people don't get sick. So be cognizant about that and realize, you know, if you're sick and your body is telling you you need to rest, be respectful of that and push that association. Oh, you know, I had the flu for five days. I didn't go to the gym. I feel so bad. Well, Hopefully you're feeling better because you're getting better. But again, look at the things being responsible. Even if you are working towards preparing for a competition in 2020, you have to keep it in perspective. But be focused, have a plan, make alternative plans if you have to miss a training. But, you know, again, walk away from it if plans change that you can't make it to the gym. Figure out when you can possibly make it up move your schedule around. And with the training, sometimes this time of the year, you do have to be a little more flexible about when you can get it done. So I want to go back before we start talking about nutrition and talk a little bit more about that whole concept of burning the calories off um, after eating. And Jules, maybe you can chime in a little bit more of with the more scientific approach and understanding of why results don't happen through eating too much and then trying to burn it off. Because I feel like still people think, okay, well, I had pizza last night and like a bunch of cookies or whatever. And I'm just going to go to the gym. And if I burn, you know, a 1000 calories on my Apple watch, that means that it negates it. So can you talk a little bit about that? I guess it's one of those things that in that mathematical equation, one plus one equals two or one minus one is zero. So you can say, I ate this much and I burned this much. And so I should be at a zero. Well, hypothetically, yes. But it also 
if your goal is to have some change, then you're basically kind of running in place, which for some people who are just working to maintain that equation can work, but it also can be a big stressor. Do you find that body composition tends to not be improved when people do that though? Because yeah, maybe you can maintain the weight, but are you unable to improve your body composition if you're just trying to burn off everything that you're eating, if you're overeating? I I don't mean necessarily like maintenance because yeah, we understand that calories in, calories out, if that's equal, you'll maintain. But what about the people that are overeating and using exercise to... I guess, apprehend what they have done through food? Well, to to negate. And I think you're not going to get much change if you're not using the training to specifically support the change. So if you're just going out and eating a thousand calories, and then you're just kind of moving your body around without a dedicated, structured, progressive plan, Now, one time you overeat on Thanksgiving and then you go out the next day for the turkey trot and you're not assigning any kind of guilt for it and it is what it is, it is what it is. Often how people approach going to the gym, they'll eat a lot and then the next day they go and I'm just going to burn it off. And that is usually one of the reasons why they don't see the change because they don't have a real structured plan and they don't have a real structured balance over time. So it is a little bit like running in place. If you do it every once in a while, it, you know, okay, it is what it is. You you have a little extra energy. So, you know, push a little harder at the gym. But for somebody who habitually does that or does it even every couple of days over a short period of time, you're not going to see a big change. And of course, it depends on the quality of what you're consuming. So if you're drinking a lot of alcohol, eating a lot of sugary, high fat foods, you know, you're really not fueling your body with that nutritious support that you need. It's just extra calories. So weight may stay the same, but how you apply the forces on your body for the training program that's going to be the critical factor there. So I, I hope that helps answer what you, the question that you were asking me on that. Definitely. So anything else you want to add about training through the holidays? Well, it can be a wonderful time that if you need to be in a caloric surplus for your goals, that you can use all of that extra little, little bit of holiday food um, to be in your benefit too. It is a time of enjoyment of special things that we don't have. There's a time of enjoying foods in the social situations that is very unique to this time of the year. So you can, for sure, again, if you got a great plan and your goal is, say, to increase some muscle on yourself, or if you're a hard gainer and this is the time of the year that having that extra calorie surplus is easier for you to get in, that really can be a beneficial thing. So it's very unique. I guess that's what I'm getting down to. And if you personally just say, I just need to get through the holidays without gaining 10 pounds, I'm okay with gaining three pounds. Well, then hopefully, you know, the rest of this information will also help you. But it is a very person by person situation. But for somebody who is just going to swing to the extremes this time of the year, and we know we probably all have experienced that, um, or we know somebody who tends to address the holidays with they're going to eat and drink their way through the season and, and not move their bodies around. I do think that a lot of people, this happens kind of unexpectedly 
And although you know, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be eating that, a lot of times people will have event after event, after dinner, after early Thanksgiving, after late Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Christmas with, you know, their significant other side of the family and their side of the family. And so the weekends of the eating and drinking does add up a little bit and especially mixed in with those missed workouts. If you are busy traveling, uh, it happens. The most important thing is having the awareness to attack these different situations and be able to be mindful of your food choices so it doesn't catch up to you. Absolutely. And again, I think it is helpful to have an idea as you're heading into the holiday season. I tell people, lay out your social calendar for the things you know for sure that are going to be in your routine. Do you know that your office always has a holiday party? Do you know what your family typically has for their uh, celebrations? And then pencil in those other times that you might for sure say you want to go out to lunch with your group of friends and dinner and maybe meet for drinks. So get an idea, put it on your social calendar and kind of step back from it so that you get an idea of how you're going to pace yourself. I mean, think about it. The holidays for me always feel like um, an endurance event, working my my clients through it, because every week we talk about what's the social things coming up and what's the strategy. And are you going to make sure that you don't show up to this big event without eating all day long? Just so that you set up your own personal management strategies for the nutrition and the social events. Right. I have a few tips that I want to share about navigating events. So say you have a Thanksgiving dinner with your significant other's family. I'm like, who would it be with? Or just anybody in general. Uh, There's a few things that you can do to navigate these meals and events so you can stay on track with your goals. And one of the first things is, is to offer to bring your own dish. So if you are going to an event, bring something that you know that you can eat that is not filled with whatever food that may be super high in calories. Bring something that you know you will enjoy and that other people can enjoy too. Because I think a lot of people really enjoy all the high calorie foods and all the delicious foods that come with the holidays and big events like that. But a lot of people are kind of still searching for a healthy option to fill a portion of their plate with. So if you're able to bring your own dish, do it. Offer to bring it or just bring your own. You don't even need to ask if you would like to bring something to contribute to the meal go for it. And that's typically really helpful. I know a lot of people, a lot of my clients do that if they have certain allergies. We've got plenty of people that have gluten allergies or dairy or anything like that. Some people are vegan and they can't always eat what's provided. So if they do bring something, it's another way that you could say, all right, well, I know at least that I can eat this and then maybe have a couple bites of something else. Another thing that you can do is try to get a workout in before your event. A lot of times people say, eh, I'll go to the gym after uh, after I eat, but then they eat so much that they have no motivation to go work out. And if you can't work out before the event, if it's early or not, um, choose a planned rest day and just make plans to go to the gym 
the next day. Anything you want to say on those two things? Yeah, no, definitely. I always also encourage people, nobody turns away a gift of food. (laughs) So no matter what it is, people always are very happy. It's like, you know, you show up with a bottle of wine. Most people are happy about that unless it is a household that doesn't consume any alcohol. You know, the same thing when you bring food. I don't encourage people to bring their own little personal portion of food. So bring something that you know for sure you can. And then what I tell people is if you can't find out ahead of time what is going to be offered, you know, kind of get a sense of what the event is. If it's Thanksgiving, you can get a kind of an idea. But I always tell people, actually, look at all the food that's available at the event, like take a little perimeter view, walk around, chit chat with people, take a view and find out what is being served. If it's a buffet, if it's a sit down dinner, and then make your choices of what you know, that you're going to eat because it's customary and polite. And then also know what you're going to eat because you really want it. And then make sure that you are aware of how much you're going to eat of something. For example, going to your grandma's house and she always bakes three pies and you love all three pies. And you're going to make sure because, you know, you only get grandma's pies once a year. So instead of having three pieces of pie, choose to have one piece, but have one third of each of the piece. And then you have one piece of pie, but you have three different portions so that you are not depriving yourself of something, but you're also not going overboard. And one of the hardest things is for people to go back for seconds or eating extras. But if you plan ahead, I do this also with my competition prep people when they're coming off of competition prep, I tell them to make a food bucket list. And this is a great thing you can do ahead of the holiday season. Make a food bucket list of all those things that mean something to you emotionally, taste-wise, and plan to have it during the course of the holiday season so that you can look forward to it. And then you're going to be less likely when you look forward to it to having the whole pie, you're going to have that, you know, one sixth of that pie instead of even that big, big, big half the pie. So portion control is going to come into it. And then again, think about how you're going to space those specialty things. But if you're going to somebody's house, kind of use that same idea. Think about the value of it to you. And if you know that you should have vegetables, but it's green bean casserole filled with all sorts of stuff, maybe not that important to you to put it on your plate and have it. It may be one of those, I'm going to have it because it's socially acceptable to take a portion, but that doesn't mean you have to finish it all on your plate. So you have the choices in there when you're sitting and really step back and look at separately from that. So how do you do that? Go to the gym ahead of time. Most of the time, a good workout will actually suppress your appetite a little bit. Make sure you also don't starve yourself leading up to the event that you're going to. That was going to be my next point is that definitely eat a meal before you go to an event. I know a lot of people will say, well, I know that it's going to be really high calorie, a lot of food here, so I'm going to eat nothing till I go. And then by the time you get there, you're starving and you actually end up eating more than you would. So if you go into the event after eating a nice breakfast, knowing that there's going to be a lot of food, if there's alcohol too, you likely will be drinking some alcohol if you drink. And sometimes that will inhibit your decision making. 
and you will end up walking away from the meal feeling super stuffed. And I don't know anybody who has ever really walked away from a meal feeling super stuffed saying that was totally worth it. I think we joke about it being like, oh yeah, but the food was so good. A lot of times it just doesn't make you feel that good. And if you think about all the times where you have eaten in your life to society and you haven't been overly stuffed, you can still be satisfied without being overly in a a food coma. Like what what do they call that when you eat too much turkey and it's got the tryptophan in it and everybody needs to take a nap? Yeah, that's a food coma. Yeah, exactly. So as long as you're not pushing off your meals and then just going to eat everything, I definitely think that because a lot of times meals are in the middle of the day, people are like, well, I'm not going to eat before because I'm going to be eating in about an hour. Or if you have multiple dinners to go to like throughout the whole day, and this really goes for any sort of holiday that you are, you know, even Easter or other things that you know, you're getting together with family and friends for just being aware of your eating habits throughout the day and staying away from the restriction during any part of the day or weeks leading up will set you off into a little bit better of a spot because the holiday eating can be tough and it can, there's a lot of really delicious things and finding that balance between all right, I can have a little bit and not eat too much is a very freeing and rewarding feeling. And when my girls check in with me, one of the most common things that I hear is, and we get to a point of this after maybe struggling with it in the past of no binge eating after drinking or being able to stop when you're full or not constantly feeling hungry all the time. And I think leading into big events like this and being around food after you've had restriction, whether it's from a competition prep which is like a methodical restriction, or you're just kind of restricting because you're trying to see some fat loss, that is when you run into these problems. And so this is one thing that Jules and I, we really preach it over and over again, is that finding the sustainable eating habits and the foods that you do consume, finding something that's sustainable and enjoyable 99 to 100% of the time, you're less likely to show up to the holidays feeling ravenous and feeling like you just got to eat everything in sight because you've been restricted for so long and now's your time to let loose. Yeah, absolutely. And and then I also encourage if you do find you overeat at a particular meal, again, no guilt. The next meal, try to get back to a a usual routine, hydrate, get that nice workout in the next day, and then try to get back onto eating back to what you normally eat. So that comes down to, again, that planning so that you know when your next social event is, you know, to get you through that holiday, know that those are going to be more special, and that it just doesn't lead on to one after another after another meal of reckless eating, I guess you could say. Right. So we've talked a lot about some of the great things about the holidays, some about bringing friends and family together. But one thing that we didn't touch on is something that I feel a lot of people experience and they may not even know that they experience. And Jules and I have had this conversation quite a bit, especially if you live in a climate where the seasons change and around the holidays, it gets a little bit colder. In most places, it gets darker earlier. In certain cases, like I'm in Chicago, it's dark by like 4.30 in the wintertime. I don't know. What about Boston? Is it is it 5 o'clock, 4.30? Yeah, right now it's like 4.30. You know, we're heading into, you know, another month and we hit that shortest day of the year, somewhere between 4.15, 4.20. It's super dark. And then it still is dark in the morning. So the not only are the days shorter, but the quality of the 
daylight is definitely gray, cold. Right now it's rainy, kind of rainy, snowy out here. We've got sun today. We had snow yesterday. So, you know, and the the weather changes like crazy. And if you do live in a colder climate, it's like, all right, it's fine if I gain 10 pounds, it's sweater weather, whatever. But if you're somebody that doesn't live in a cold climate, you don't really have the same sweater weather. And you may not be wanting to gain weight over the holidays. Maybe you live in shorts and bikinis all year long and and you want to feel good. And so the whole point of all of this conversation that we have about pretty much anything that we talk about on this podcast is navigating the choices that you make day to day to make yourself feel good. It's not necessarily about how you look, but it really is about the confidence piece and how comfortable you are in your skin and how at peace you are with the decisions that you make that are reflected on your physique or your performance or your digestion or just the way that you feel about yourself. But during this time, seasonal affective disorder is very common. I don't even know. Do you know what the percentage of people that have seasonal affective disorder? No, you know, and I I, I actually don't. And it's interesting because I think if you ask the majority of people, you know, in these kind of climates, you know, how they feel differently in those shorter days versus the, the days full of sunshine and the quality is different. I mean, it is a big reason why people move to warmer climates because they're affected by it. But I do think that most of us can sit back and say, yeah, you know, I am more tired on a gray day. I'm actually hungrier on a gray day. My body aches a little bit. And so all of those different things, how much is that related to the to the light factor. I mean, I'm just going to anecdotally say it's far more than I think we acknowledge. I also do think this time of the year compounded with that, there's a lot of emotional, I want to say ups and downs with the holiday season, whether it is all happy or mixed with happy and, and maybe sad. It often as you get older, more things in life happen to you. So holidays have their value in terms of those happy memories, but they also remind us sometimes of things of the past that maybe we miss, maybe we regret. So this is compounded with how we feel in our choices and taking care of ourselves. So thinking about, and I guess that goes back to making the choice with the training in terms of doing that for a purpose of being healthful, same thing with the nutrition, you know, sleep factors, all those sort of self care things that are so important. And, you know, I'm just going to make this reference back to when we work with our competition prep people and the people in our 12 week program that is so fine tuned, we go into all of those sort of, how are you feeling about what's going on in the world around you? And how is that affecting your sleep? How is that affecting how your energy is? Because, during these holiday times, it can stir up some emotions that you may not be aware of, or maybe you are aware of. And so you have this jumble of emotion going on that may affect you far more than you give credence to it. And I'm not saying that you should start to dwell on it, but start to accept that this is what's happening so that you can embrace it and maybe come up with a strategy to push yourself through the holidays feeling really good physically but also on that emotional end, that self-care end. Just wanted to pull that in there. Yeah, well, absolutely. And after just a, a quick search on the National Institute of Mental Health about seasonal affective disorder, there is more than 3 million cases in the U.S. per year. And um, it's a seasonal depression, and it's under the category of depression. And 
it just comes in that seasonal pattern. And it's more likely to be found in younger people and in females and then also in people that are further from the equator. So those people that do get the cold temperatures and the less light throughout the winter months. But just like Joel said, one of those things that it's not medication and it's not necessarily therapy, but it is also just being kind of aware of what it is that is making you feel this way. I think that a lot of people feel helpless when they feel extra tired or they're not motivated to do the things that they typically do and they actually have some social withdrawal and you kind of want to hibernate and you kind of want to stay away from everybody that can be really detrimental to getting through this process so if you find yourself wanting to stay inside and not see your friends try and make an effort to go out and do some things you'll feel a lot better having some social interaction and being like, oh, wow, okay, I wasn't feeling my best, but I got out of the house and I I did something social or I just got some fresh air or even something like getting like a little bit of light therapy. Like Jules bought me, um, didn't you buy me a, a light? A little box, yes. I mean, luckily my apartment right now, I've got huge windows and a lot of light. So anytime that there's sun or anything, I do get a lot of light, but a lot of us don't get enough vitamin D especially if you do have this seasonal uh, affective disorder, you're definitely a little bit deficient in vitamin D and anybody really, we lose a little bit during the winter months. So it's just one of those things that the holidays in this time of year, if you have been through a lot, if there is any trauma in your life, if there are things that remind you of not so great times during the holidays, the holidays can be really tough, especially if you have lost someone that was close to you, it can bring up a lot of negative feelings. And those are warranted and it's hard to see, you know, everybody around you feeling happy because of the holidays, but just a reminder that everybody is going through something and some people handle it better than others do, but it really is up to you to say, okay, well, why am I feeling this way? And what can I do to try to make my quality of life better today and focus a little bit less on the past or even anxieties of the future and just try to get through the day um, and do things every day that do make you feel good. And honestly, a lot of that includes getting some physical activity and eating so you feel good. I always tell my girls and Jules and I talk about this all the time is that you have to eat every day. Food is fuel. So the less that you look at food as the enemy or something that's going to cause you guilt or anxiety or stress or anything like that, the more likely you'll be able to make it through and make good choices. And overall, you'll just feel better and better. A lot of this stuff is very cyclical. And if you can break the cycle, then you'll be able to kind of see the light through that. Absolutely. And I do think recircling back to having a plan. And if you know, if you're sitting here and you're listening to this and you're nodding your head going, yeah, you know, I am very much affected by my mood is very much affected. My desire to get to the gym is very affected. My desire to eat properly is very affected by how the lighting or the time of the year or the associations address it, look at it and and think about the ways that you can actually flip that around and say, yeah, I may not feel like going to the gym, but going to the gym is actually going to help me feel better. And I may not feel like eating some lean protein and some simple vegetables and maybe a complex carbohydrate with that. I may not feel like having a good dinner for myself when I get home from work. Gee, wouldn't it just be nice to sit in front of Netflix and eat a bag of chips? Think about how much better you will ultimately feel by feeding yourself to support 
your general health. So if you kind of struggle with that, sometimes people will say, you know, I don't know how to keep my motivation and my energy and my excitement through the holidays. I say, just sometimes all you have to do is the activities. And then all of that will kind of cycle back and, and, you know, do the work or the actions. And then the results are going to give you that's going to be the support that you need to get through those rougher times. It can sound as very simple for us to say, just get to the gym, just do something. And if you have that plan, then you're not scratching your head. What am I supposed to do? Get home, eat the food that you had planned rather than the grabbing something else. You will ultimately feel better for it. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff that we talk about is when we get into the nitty gritty of like the actual nutrition and the actual training, There's a lot more, but this is a more, I guess, general understanding for you all that it really just takes the habits and the actions. And that's how you form these, I guess, better relationships with your food and your training. And it all really starts by, all right, having a plan. All right, how do I want to feel? And it just goes, it goes to show you that the more focused that you are, on making the improvements and making the plan and just doing the day-to-day things, checking them off your list, the better that you'll feel. Yeah. One last thing I'm just going to say on this is when you take away all of that guilt and if something goes awry and you find yourself kind of going down that slippery slope, you always can stop, take a deep breath and change the direction of the path you're going on this, which is one of the most amazing things. And I find that just remember that for yourself. So if you feel like, oh, you're listening to this, maybe you're not listening to it to this until after Thanksgiving. And you're thinking, oh, you know, I've already had four days in a row where I was just kind of on the slippery slope and feeling my my motivation and my excitement, but I've got goals. So, you know, right now, wherever you are listening to this, stop for a second, start to think about the big picture and what do you want? How do you see yourself in your big dream vision for your health and your fitness and your physique or your athletic being. And remind yourself that anything that you've done in the past, you can always change the direction and move forward at any time. Yeah, absolutely. And so hopefully this does help you. We do have several other podcasts that will possibly help you if you're like, okay, this sounds good, but how do I really put it into place? Our sixth episode that we did was how to prevent binge eating and what to do if it happens. I think that this episode is probably, it's one of our most listened to episodes and it's an hour and 16 minutes of Jules and I talking about binge eating and overeating and the process of that, where I feel like sometimes during the holidays, if you're unable to follow these other guidelines that we laid out for you, that's a great episode to listen to too. So if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and go ahead and reach that. And we have another episode, episode nine on instant gratification. And that plays into a lot of the things and a lot of the choices that we make and then turn around and say, man, I kind of wish I didn't do that. And so the more that you understand instant gratification and what it actually means and how it applies to your life, the more you'll be able to kind of stop before you do something to get that instant gratification and say, okay, well, do I need it right now? Do I want it right now? Is it conducive to my goals? And then the last one that I'm going to just mention is an episode. Actually, there's there's two more. We have an emotional eating episode, which can also be applied to 
anytime during life, but specifically during the holidays. And then the last one, episode 19, is how to stop fucking up your goals. And so that's for someone who needs a little bit more of that tough love and that just needs to say, listen, you got to stop doing this. This is what you should be doing and help you kind of assess your own life and your own goals. And so we've got a ton of episodes about all various different topics. And we just hope that you guys continue to let us know the things that you want us to talk about. The more specific you are about what you want us and need help with, we will be able to provide that for you. Absolutely. And also don't forget, if you have any questions about any of our programs or want to offer any information, Elle, you want to share how to reach us? Sure, absolutely. So Jules and I are both on Instagram quite a bit. So if you are kind of looking at seeing what our clients are like, what we're doing on the day to day, you can see us both on Instagram. I'll put those links in the description box. But if you have any questions about programs, please email us at bestfitbody at gmail.com. Or you can click on the email button in my Instagram bio if you've gone to Instagram first. And all of our programs and the ability to sign up are on our website, which is bestfitbody.com. Also in the description box, there are tons of ways to reach us. We will get on the phone with you. If you have questions about our program, if you want to talk about your goals and find the best option for you, we are very available to you if you have questions. We focus all of our efforts into making sure that whatever program that you choose is exactly right for you. And we help you every step of the way. We have so many different people with different goals and different lifestyles. And that is what I would say our specialty is, is really understanding where you're coming from and trying to find something that's going to work for you. Because at the end of the day, the most sustainable program is going to be the best program for you in order to reach your goals. Will it happen in three weeks, four weeks? No, maybe not. But will you be creating the habits that help you in the long run and can help you with this lifestyle for life? That's what we're here for. Absolutely. I always encourage people to ask as many questions. The more that you become educated and informed, the more likely you are going to be able to develop your own personal goals and plans, and you're going to be more likely to be able to stick with them when you have an understanding. It isn't just here, do this, and then we say, you're on your own. Most certainly, if that's the kind of person you are and you want to do that, for sure. We can do that. But I love answering questions. And L2, we love sharing information. Every person is so different, like I had said. And so finding something that works for someone who can't seem to figure it out on their own, or they've tried working with another coach that just didn't get it. We do our absolute best to understand where you're coming from and find the right solution for you. Absolutely. Alrighty. Well, thank you all for listening. If you would please leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast so we can know who's listening and we can provide the best value for you. We would really appreciate that. And it really helps us out. Absolutely. We hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving and I'm not going to say Merry Christmas and Hanukkah and all the other holidays because we're going to be doing another podcast at least coming up soon. Absolutely. So we hope you enjoyed it today and we'll see you in the next one.